Don't look back because the market is closed. Good Friday afternoon, everybody. Kip Herridge here with your daily VRE Investing Podcast. We tell you in just a couple of minutes what happened in the markets today. More importantly, we tell you going to have to move forward using the VRE Investing Systems, our guide. Sorry, I'm trying to get my chair comfortable here. Can't seem to do that. There we go. A little better. Uh, quiet Christmas uh, week trading here today, but we did have new all-time highs once again, setting the Dow Jones and the S&P 500, both just up a bit. But I will tell you that the Dow closed today at 28,645, meaning that from our forecast on in January of 2017, almost three years ago, where we first wrote that the Dow would hit 30,000 by the end of this year, we're now 4.5% away from that reality. So we're going to have to need a serious, a serious melt-up in the final two t- days of trading for that to happen. But uh, uh, you know what? We, we got pretty close, if nothing else. But uh, NASDAQ today was our loser on the day. Well, no, actually, that's not true. NASDAQ was down 15 points. It's still over 9,000, though, closed at 9,006. The biggest loser today, if you can call it that, was Russ 2000, down a half percent at 1,669. I want to cover a couple of things today that we covered with our clients uh, this morning. Uh, because we get a lot of questions about, okay, we've had one hell of a move higher. It's been a melt-up. What are the signs to look for? How do we know we're not buying at the very top? And you're not, but uh, we are overbought. We're extremely overbought. So, listen, a few days or maybe even a couple weeks of a pause would really be healthy. Just not sure we're going to get it. But I'm going to tell you right now the signs that we look for using the VRA investing system that points that tells us that a reversal is coming. Uh, the first thing we look at really inside the VRA system are market internals and our leadership groups. Let's start with leadership groups because uh, if you've been with, been with us a while, you know that uh, a year ago when, by the way, the uh, uh, Fear and Greed Index hit an all-time low rating of two and the AAI Sentiment Survey hit an all-time low, well, excuse me, a, a nine-year low of, uh, uh, of, of 19 at the time, that was our Christmas Eve Massacre. That was the capitulation. All the signs pointed to that was the bottom. That's what we wrote at the time, back up the truck and buy. And, and it turned out to be the bottom. Uh, it, matter of fact, it turned out to be the best buying opportunity since March of 2009 when, uh, when the financial crash bottom took place. Uh, the reason that occurred, in case you're interested, is that uh, the Fed came out and said, guess what? Banks, you don't have to use mark-to-market accounting anymore. I saw that. We knew it was the bottom. Within five minutes, we told our clients Made, uh, made a lot of money in the next three months. But anyway, the point being, last December, we started noticing, even before the bombs in place uh, in the broad market, housing stocks started to move higher. So that became our leadership group. You know what housing's done this year? Housing stocks have been a house on fire. We've made, you know, uh, just in one, 151% in profits this year in just one holding. But housing led and the semiconductors led, and of course, they've been a nonstop freight train hire. So the point being, because they led out of the bottom and they led all year long, these are the two sectors we're watching most closely. And they have began to lighten a bit. Housing has been in a pause for a couple weeks. Semiconductors have looked, uh, weak is the wrong word. Uh, they look like they're taking a breather is the right word. They're down three-tenths of 1% today. So that's what we're watching. If we were to see a big reversal uh, in housing and in the semiconductors, that would get our attention. Uh, what we also note is that watching the VRA market internals and the breadth in the markets, we like to look at 
uh, three major components just in, in that in that subset, and that's the advanced decline, up down volume, and new fifty two week highs to lows. We use both daily readings and cumulative readings to to give us our score as to where the market is. And folks, there's a reason we're at ten out of twelve screens bullish because you just haven't seen weakness in the, in, in the internals. Uh, it's just not happening, and, and I'll cover it more in a moment. Uh, but again, that's what we look for. We want, if you start to see a couple three days of two to one negatives and up down volume and advanced decline, that would get our attention. Just not happening so far. Today was a little weaker, but not happening so far. And then we also look at at, at the technicals and sentiment, of course. Again, right now, momentum oscillators, RSI, money flow, stochastics. Yes, they're redlining. Yes, they're overbought. That's not a reason to sell. That's a reason maybe to wait to buy more, but it's certainly not a reason to sell. Overbought markets that continue to move higher are among the most bullish of all market events that you'll ever see. So that's where we are. We're extreme overbought. We're redlining. That's not a negative. It's just a, maybe, a, maybe a sign that we need a little bit of a pause here. And then our, our sentiment. We talk about it here all the time. You hear us talk about it ad nauseum. What's interesting about sentiment is, yes, today, the Fear and Greed Index sits at 93. Again, it was two a year ago. 93 is extreme greed. That is a sign of caution. Maybe it's warranted, but it's not a sign of anything other than that because of all the other tools and all the other factors that we evaluate. But as we covered yesterday, what really has got our attention has been fund flows. Equity fund flows for the year, negative 135.5 billion. Just a I, I can't even fathom this. I, in my career, I've never seen this happen. In, in our lifetime, there's no one alive today that's ever seen happen what is happening now. Just in case you think I'm overstating it, this is the reality. When you have a market hitting all-time high after all-time high all through the year, but yet equity fund flows, mean, meaning the public, is selling ETFs and mutual funds. So you're taking money out of the market. It is crazy because that's not how bull markets end. Again, we talk about it all the time. Bull markets end when the public is, is, is euphoric about equities. When your taxi driver and your Uber and Lyft drivers are telling you their favorite hot stock tips, right? When people are quitting the jobs to go day trade, that's the kind of sentiment that marks a top. That's what we saw in the dot-com era. This bull market's going to be more powerful than that because it's much broader. This is our view, been our view for some time. Sentiment with that, the kind of fund flows we're seeing, that's just flashing a massively, massively big buy signal, just in case. So there's no doubt about our position. This market has a long, long ways to go before there's a market top. Uh, so those are the things we look for. It's just a few of the things, but some of the major things we look for for either signs of a pause or reversal or, God forbid, one of these days when we actually go into a bear market. And instead of buying stocks, we're on these podcasts every day talking to you about shorting stocks, which is something that we will do at some point. Mark my words, you know, as long as as long as uh, as long as I'm here with you and Tyler's here with you. But you know, people have asked us for a long time because we were we have been super bullish for so long. So what was your secret? How, how did you really know? And frankly, I'll, I'll tell you the truth: it's because I, I I grew up in the Reagan era. I saw the Reagan. Uh, economic strategies play out of tax reform and deregulation. But, but Trump's, which we dubbed two years ago the Trump economic miracle, we said then would be far more powerful than Reagan's, and here's why. Because Trump 
is not just a friend to the business community. He's going over and above to make sure that jobs are created. He did this with tax cuts, our trade strategies, of course, with China, quote-unquote, trade war. But his regulatory reform, I believe we'll look back on this and say this was the biggest difference maker uh, for the markets and for businesses because this helps to create massive numbers of jobs. Now, Reagan created 21 million jobs over his eight years. We'll see if Trump gets there. I think he'll surpass it, frankly. So this is why we've said Dow Jones 50,000 by the end of Trump's second term for quite some time. Uh, okay, let's take a look here at, the, uh, at some of the uh, things we talk about daily here. Uh, Sector Watch, uh, let's take a look here. Let's first look at, uh, I'm sorry, I've got a Yorkie here that is uh, begging. One second. Got my three-legged Yorkie uh, uh, T-Mac in the office here, and uh, he wanted up on the chair. Uh, let's take, first take a look at uh, our market internals today. Uh, advanced decline was negative again. Uh, you know, uh, NASDAQ down 15, kind of a quiet day. But, folks, the internals were just barely negative, not, not even a big deal there. We'll call it mixed to negative. Uh, Up-down volume. Volume was negative by almost two to one on the New York Stock Exchange. Again, that's the kind of thing that that were to continue happening for, say, two, three days. These podcasts would sound a lot different than this one does today. We think it's just a, again, a market pause. But what really got our attention and has for some time are new 52-week highs and lows. Folks, today alone, 400, 400 more companies hit 52-week highs and lows. We had a grand total of 33 stocks hit a new 52-week low, and more than 400, was it 419, hit 52-week highs. So these are signs of a market that's broadening. Rising tide lifts all boats. More and more companies are playing catch-up. They're participating. We expect to see a lot more of that in uh, in 2020. So uh, we expect the Santa Claus rally to continue in case there's any doubt in your mind and listen to this podcast. Okay, sector watch here. We had of the 11 S&P 500 sectors, we had five finished lower. Uh, Energy led on the downside by 2%. It's had quite a a big move, of course. Uh, Materials were down 1%. Financial down 7 tenths of a percent. And the winner, uh, you know what? I was giving you price change. Apologies. Energy led on the downside, down a half a percent. That, that sounds better, doesn't it? Materials down a quarter percent. On the upside, consumer staples up four-tenths to one percent. Real estate up three-tenths to one percent. Again, quite, quite Christmas week here. Finally, today, our commodity watch. Oil today took a, a bit of a breather, down two cents a barrel at 61.66. They had a great move, a little bit of a pause here. Shouldn't surprise, but, but, but energy, oil in particular, and energy stocks, are back, although they are an extreme overbought on steroids, redlining, overbought. Typically a time for caution. That's how we're treating it here. Uh, gold was up, uh, right now it's up a dollar an ounce. Kind of a quiet game, quite a day all around. 15, 15 an ounce. I would encourage everybody, if you follow us closely, either as a, a member here of VRA, or maybe you read our blog, or you follow me on Twitter, or Tyler, you see me tweet quite often about, about the, the precious metal space. I'm a big gold bug. Just as remember, as a reminder, over the last 19 years, gold has outperformed the S&P 500 by 240%. So for those that think gold is, a, is dead money, nope, not in the last 19 years. It's outperformed the S&P 500 by quite a bit. And so I'm a gold bug, have been for a long time. We've made a lot of money in this space. And what's interesting now is what's happening with, the, with GATA, which is the Gold Antitrust Action Committee been going at these major money center banks for 20 years that I've known them. 
And gold, it, what their research has found, what they've proven in court, is that gold has been hypothecated, uh, meaning it's been sold far more than it's owned. You know, these banks don't own the gold that they're selling into the market. Hypothecated 100 to 1 plus. And uh, GATA, you can find their work at GATA.org. GATA.org is doing yeoman's work in this space. They, they, they are sounding more optimistic that we could have a major breakout in the price of gold because these manipulation schemes with the major money center banks could be failing. The demand is soared so much in gold that these uh, short uh, manipulators at these major money center banks simply can't keep up, and the fraud may finally be coming to an end. If that's the case, folks, we will be talking on this podcast not only about $2,000 an ounce gold, we'll be talking about 5,000 ounce gold plus time frame could not tell you but our president loves gold <laughs> you know I wrote a book about this saying that if, if this fraud uh, and manipulation of gold is ever going to end it's going to happen under President Trump we remain optimistic and of course the price action has been fantastic even better than the miners uh, alright folks the final today uh, let's see uh, uh, silver was down 15 cents at 1783 Bitcoin trading at 72.11, up $10 a Bitcoin. That's it for the day. Folks, have a great weekend, and we'll see you back here again Monday after the close.